time you come on over, I just wanna listen. I know you got some issues, and I know that you just miss him. I got a fever just to see you feeling like a stalker, and didn't know I'm really good at making you feel awkward. Last time we recorded was before the Zine Fest, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, great, because I have I already have a worst human ready that I had been saving this story for this was for a long time. This was pretty much the kickoff to like my string of bad luck that happened. Was it at the Zine Fest? It was right before the Zine Fest. Okay. And I felt like this was almost an omen of what was to come following. Okay. Tell us. Now. Um alright, so for okay, for okay, so let me just run down all the stuff that has happened this past month. I already told you, Paige. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I was my both my computers broke. My laptop broke while editing the last podcast. I descended in. It costed. I was going to get charged a lot of money, and then I was starting a freelance job. And in the middle of that, my desktop broke. After I had just got it repaired a couple weeks before, so I had no computers. I had to quit my job. The money that I had earned for one day of work was going into the hole to repair everything. And so I was really, really bummed out about that. Um, I couldn't even look for any more work. Um, I got hit by a truck while riding my <gasps> bike. No way. I told you, didn't I? You didn't tell me about the truck. Yeah, I got hit by a truck. That was like the day before the Zine Fest. No, you did not tell me. This. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't a serious accident, but it just mm-hmm. got it just got me depressed because it was like oh. an, it was like another example of how like like car drivers don't give a shit about pedestrians or cyclists in oh my God, California. You did not tell me about the bus with the truck. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Oh yeah, are that you... that guy was definitely a worse human too. What? I mean, are you okay? Yeah, but like. I was like, oh, fuck, is my bike going to break down now? Like, am I going to lose that too? Wait, did you, like, so he hit you, and did you, like, fly off your bike? Like, No, it wasn't, okay. no, like, he hit the back of my, I made it out of the way just in time, so he, like, oh, hit the back God. of me. <sighs> Chilly. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me that. <laughs> no, yeah, and I got really depressed over that, and then, mm-hmm. that, and then, oh, what happened? Yeah, and then, but around that altercation, like a flash drive flew out of my backpack, so I lost a flash drive with like a bunch of stuff in there. Like, oh, yeah, it was like horrible. Oh my God, I guess computer problem. Like, yeah, I had all the worst luck with Max. And I, I felt like the, om- the omen for all this bad luck began, yeah, the day, the day of the Zine Fest. So I'm going, I'm in downtown. I'm about to take the bus to Glendale, like around where it's happening. And. It was there that I saw a grown man's asshole. <laughs> on the bus? <laughs> no, on the way there, I'm walking there. I see a homeless guy. Mm-hmm. Of course, it had to be a homeless guy. And he's he's crouching over and his pants are like halfway down. I'm like, what is he doing? And then, I'm, and then all of a sudden, I see his asshole. I mean, I've never seen a male's asshole in real <laughs> life before. And, um, and I'm looking at, and then I see something peeking out of the asshole. I'm like, is it what oh, I'm no. thinking? And he's, and yes, it is an old man. It is a homeless guy taking a shit. <laughs> now, now, Paige, I don't know if you've ever seen someone taking a shit before. 
Well, you I'm, actually, well, you see the shit peeking out of the asshole and I'm pouring actually out. not, but I, maybe I've seen, like, my animals do it. <laughs> see, that's <laughs> different. i person. I just never think about it. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I never think about it either, but, like, I saw it. I was like, oh, God. And I'm here holding, all, like, a bunch of zines, and I'm about to vomit, like, all over the place. Like, I just oh can't. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, and then I look, walk by, and I see his shit, and it's definitely, like, really, it's the real soft, you know, oh, yogurt, yogurt-looking kind. That's, that's the worst kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just pulls up his pants and walks away. And I felt like that was just kind of a symbol of what kind of month February <laughs> 2015 was. He's like, this is like, what is it, the... Prelude or whatever it is, it's like the shit that's simple. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> and um, that is my worst human since yeah for episode twenty four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just realized right now I never thought about because I've never thought about a person take like the action of a person pooping. Um, like the actual pooping itself. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something you just don't want to see. Yeah, I think like, because in my head, it's like, it's never as bad, right? In your head, if you think about it. But then if I were to be f- faced with it, because even when people like, like if, because when I was a kid, like, I mean, when I was out, my family would be like oh if you have to pee just like pee like only to like the boys in the family to like pee on a wall or something and when I was a kid I wasn't as phased by it but even now if I'm like hanging out with people and I mean usually they're drunk but they like pee on the side of the wall I already it's kind of just for me it just it's like kind of like whoa like you know like very I mean it just takes me out for a little bit because I'm like oh they're peeing like right here you know <laughs> so and I'm not like offended by it or anything, but it's just kind of like when a girl oh, yeah. pees or when a guy pees or when both. When a guy, it just when a guy pees, because usually because it's like kind of normal for a guy to just piss on a wall and stuff. But it's just like I feel like I've as, seen I've seen too many girls drunk girls pee in public though. I've actually <laughs> never seen a I've never seen a girl pee in public at all ever actually. Um, but I think the okay like the action of anyone peeing in public, regardless of men or women or whatever i always feel like it's a bit like just takes me out for a bit because i'm just like so used to it being this like you know you pee somewhere privately and stuff and so if that already i'm like whoa i think if i saw a guy shitting i think yeah i think i'm i don't know i'd run i don't know i've peed in public once oh really wow okay let's hear this story I really had to pee, and then you really wait. You really liked to. You really had to. No, I really had to pee. Oh. So this was. I mean, this is not a proud moment because this was like, I was on Bonte. It was like three a.m. or something, and then I was with my ex, and then he, his, it pissed me off because his. We were right in front of his friend's house, and I really had to pee, and my ex would refuse to like. Because it was his friend, you know, so we and we're waiting for him or something. And I was like, "Can you just ask him if I could pee at his house?" Because we were supposed to go to his house, you know. 
and he was just like, no, just pee here. I was like, no, I really have, to, I really have to go and stuff, and I just couldn't hold it. So I was like, F-. and he's like, just pee. And, but the thing is, we were in on like, I mean, it was three a.m., but we were like on a street, mm-hmm. and I had just never peed in public before, and I didn't want to do it, you know. But thank goodness I had, because actually, so a month before this or whatever, I, I had spent time in Taiwan. And that was the first time I'd ever <laughs> used a squatting toilet. Because <laughs> I, I still remember the first time I used a squatting toilet, I couldn't pee because I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> Maybe we should um, describe to our listeners, to okay. our, our non, to our, to our listeners who have never traveled to Asia, what a squatting okay. toilet so is. So a squatting toilet is basically, instead of a toilet you sit on, it's a hole in the ground. So it's like a hole in the floor, so it's kind of oval-shaped. And what and that's the toilet. So what you do, it's it's like a sink, like a long sink on the ground. And what you're supposed to do is straddle it, I guess. How you're not, and then you squat down and you pee or whatever, poo. And so bef- I still remember my first time where I was for I was challenged by this toilet, and I just because I never squatted, you know, to pee. Like I just couldn't pee for the longest time because it was just like. My body wasn't used to that, like, I guess, position or whatever. Yeah. So, but then I had, but then afterwards you get used to it and you, like, you do it and stuff. And I don't like it because it's supposed to be cleaner because, um, um, like a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of, especially like in Taiwan, um, or maybe mainland China because they have more squatting toilets than like sitting toilets. Most people prefer, they still prefer the squatting toilets because they feel like it's, cleaner because your butt doesn't touch anything but to me it's really gross because you just see everything and then if you're not good at aiming you like i don't know like splashes onto your shoes you know like so i'm just like it's gross but anyways so i was like well okay thank goodness for my training because otherwise i wouldn't have been able to pee on the ground (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i peed in almonte at 3 a.m on the ground and i it was not a i did not like enjoy it (laughs) I did not like doing it. I was very upset because I was just like, you know, like your friend's going to come out in like five minutes or something, you know, so I was like, you know, I, I never um, use a squatting toilet every during my visits in China. Um, I just, I, I knew because I, I suck at squatting. I knew I would fall backwards into everything. Yeah, that's what's disgusting about it. If you're not, because for us, it's like we're starting out. So you're like, I don't know what my... You know, what if, I don't know, <laughs> what's going to happen? Have, have you read this story? I saw photos of it, how this like, guy from China broke his ass because, like, I guess he came to America, or maybe it was in Hong Kong, maybe I read it in Hong Kong, and he was trying to use a Hong Kong toilet, like, because in Hong Kong they use regular toilets. And he was trying to, like, stand on top of the toilet seat yeah. and squat, and the toilet yeah. seat just broke underneath him. And like it just it cracked over his ass, and like he had this oh huge gosh. injury, and blood was all over the place. Ah, uh, it's like the worst injury ever. Yeah, you just see because you you're like taking a shit. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, and you just see like the toilet seat just broken, like it cracked all over oh, the place. It's gross. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, what the fuck was he trying to do? Like, yeah, because like I mean, they. I mean, it's just because like they don't know like how to because. It's, it's weird. Like, I've hovered above really nasty toilets and pissed all over myself as a result because I'm not good at it. So I think that's why they don't hover, maybe. So I think, yeah, they... Like, I remember, like, just being like, how did you... How do you... Because sometimes I'd go into the toilets and you'd see footprints on the seat because oh, yeah. 
Yeah, because that's... And you realize if someone sat, stood on this toilet, they fucking balanced themselves. Like, like I don't know. Like, so some, I don't know how you can balance yourself on this thing. I mean, and, yeah. Here, here's what I do. And I feel like it's the most logical thing to do. I don't know why... I don't know why everybody doesn't do it. If I see, like, kind of a dirty toilet, all I do is get some tissue, get some soap from the from the sink, and just, you know, wipe down the seat. I mean, bacteria gone immediately. There's some toilets... Yeah. I've, I mean, sometimes... Because I think a lot of it... <clears throat> more in... More, like, toilets I've been in where the footprint is, like, so permanent that you can't rub it off and then but in that case i just like hover over it and i would say 90 percent of the time it's like simple like clean, <laughs> nothing splash, splashes basically um yeah i don't know i think i think yeah i think standing on the toilet's a little too much it's like come on i, like, I think they don't because i think like they don't because it's like they see like it's like okay the sitting part right yeah it reminds them of oh this is where our feet supposed to go it even though it doesn't make any sense but it's like your feet are supposed to go right over like the the toilet hole, which is basically what it looks like in a squatting toilet. It's like you, your feet are just on the two sides of the hole, you know. So I think um, they think, oh, okay, like this is what it's supposed to be. Even though it's to me, I'm like, wouldn't it be the most cha- like if you saw this and thought, am I supposed to pee on there? Wouldn't it be the most challenging way of like peeing because you you have to first stand on top of this like thing that's like two feet off the floor and only as wide as like your shoulders you know <laughs> and then aim directly into this <laughs> tiny hole it's like they see this it's thing like a mission <laughs> they see this thing and they have no idea what to do with it it's like a mystery yeah i mean yeah it's funny because one time i was um in hong kong and then um i was lining up to use the toilet and these ladies obviously they were from mainland china and stuff and they were like really concerned and they're like oh my god there's no squatting toilets i don't know how to use a sitting toilet and then one of her friends like oh it's okay i'll teach you how to use it and stuff and i felt like because a lot of times like the thing is there's a, i mean there's a lot of prejudice against mainland chinese in hong kong where people say oh they're not civilized or whatever you know but it's just one of these moments where it's like you're like they're just from a different country background different yeah, yeah. country and they don't know and they like it's if you don't have sitting toilets anywhere, you can't. It's I, I personally think it's unfair to call some uncivilized just because they didn't grow up with these things, and clearly these women were just like they were very they were very worried, like like almost scared, like oh my god, I don't know what's how to use this toilet, you know. Like when I first saw my first squatting toilet, I was like, what the fuck is this, you know? Like when it, I, I mean, it's obvious what you're supposed to do, but I was just like. I'm scared. This is gross. I don't know what to do. And I had to have someone teach me. Like, my grandma explained to me, this is what you do. And, of course, the first time I didn't, probably didn't do it right, you know. I like the story of how you're, like, watching these two ladies and you have, like, two choices. You could either, like, oh, this is how you do it. Or you could just stand back and watch the shenanigans that are about to occur in front of you. (laughs) No, I think one lady knew. So she's like, oh, let me, she told her friend, okay, I'll, I'll. Show, like I'll teach you how you're supposed to whatever so um I was just like but then that that was to me kind of like a humbling moment because I always feel like here people are so quick to just jump and like just kind of like disregard mainland Chinese people as like subhumans or something and I'm just like no they're just people obviously some people don't give a shit and they're like all right I'm gonna stand on this toilet or 
make do because I really have to pee, you know? But then you realize, like, no, like, they don't understand and then they are trying or they want to know, they just don't because they never thought, like, for a second. Yeah, when I first went to Taiwan, not for a second did I think the toilets are going to be different than the toilets I'm used to. So, I was just like, God, that was that. To me, that was like, it kind of was just like, oh, okay. You know, like, I... All those years of me being like, why are you standing on the toilets? You know, I was, it was kind of like erased when I was like, oh, there's, they just are just as clueless as anyone from a different country would come to a different other country with a different, you know, toilet system, I guess. And I guess like the lesson to learn is if you want to travel to China or Taiwan, just practice your balance a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Do some squats, you yeah. know? Yeah. Get your leg, your thighs ready. <laughs> yeah. You're going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we spent 20 minutes <laughs> talking about toilets. Toilets and shitting in public and pissing in public. Yeah. What I had asked, I was like, oh, we should talk about zines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, yeah I, wanted to, I actually haven't heard what you did this weekend. Where you actually gave a talk. Yeah, so what happened was um, I was asked somewhat, not last minute, like a week before this event, I was asked to participate in a a zine making workshop and my friend wanted <clears throat> she wanted me to go and just talk about my experiences and stuff like that so i had no idea how formal it was going to be if it was going to be like uh, like a legit presentation or whatever so should we um, explain what our zine is and like what or what it is zine is just in case some people okay a zine is basically a self-published magazine and it's i mean I think the original term why it's called a zine is because I mean there's no ads. Like fanzine. You know? I think that was like yeah. yeah. So it's like a yeah. So it's just like a shortened ba- magazine. But the whole point is it's independently published, not by like so like not by some like bio. Well, I guess you could start your own little business, but it's not like major magazine thing. I mean that was the whole how it started out. Yes, mm-hmm. and we made two. We make yes, two. our zine is called Like Like. Yes, and it's awesome. And it's it's pretty much a short story zine with illustrations and photos, and a bunch of our friends collaborated with us in it. And yeah, that's the f- I was selling it at the festival I mentioned where the, before that where the bum took the shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Paige, you went to a uh, special event about other zines or something, right? Wait, so for the past event on Sunday? Yes. Last Sunday? Okay, so what it was, was, so zine culture in Hong Kong, it's, I had to talk with some people about it, because I said, I was telling some, so I attended this workshop, and it was run by uh, these twin girls who, they're like pretty, like, into the zine culture and everything, and it was kind of cool, because I was, but it, I mean, it was a zine workshop for domestic helpers so in hong kong it's i mean i would say over half the population or not over half but like <clears throat> there's a lot of domestic workers <clears throat> who come from indonesia and the philippines um yeah to to do work here and there's a lot of um discrimination prejudice or whatever and there was uh recently there was a really um terrible event where one of the domestic helpers was severely abused by her employer and so it sparked a lot of like activists within the, their own communities to like do something about it. So this workshop itself was to 
because the, the, these women had published basically a type of zine, I guess, before, but it was more like, looked like a book, kind of really formal looking. So they were thinking for this round, they want to go to the, through the zine approach. And um, a lot of these women, I'm sure, I mean, they've never heard of a zine before. A lot of them are older, you know, so they, so the workshop started last week, I think, and they were just introducing zines. So they wanted, so my friend wanted me to come and just explain like what I've been doing and show some of, I brought like, not just like, like, but, um, some of my favorite zines to inspire them, you know, and say, you know, this is what you could do and whatever. I don't know. So, um, it was, I had a lot of fun. It was just really great to meet people of different cultures because, and hang out with them, you know, and talk and learn about them. And, um, I just, cause I thought it was just going to be a one-time thing. It was supposed to be, but I, I mean, I definitely want to go for the, cause they only have two more workshops. I'm just going to go to both of them. Um, yeah, so f- my talk was more just me sharing my stuff and just talking about the process and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you that- did you did you like talking? Did it how did it was it fun? Was it nervous? It was actually so at first when I cuz I was the first to arrive, so and it looked like a little classroom. They had a projector and clearly seats. So I was I was like, "Oh, is it going to be a classroom setting?" And then I met one of another like a woman came after me and I asked her how many people were in the in the first workshop. She said, "Oh, about like twenty people." I was like, "Oh, okay, so seems like I'm going to be presenting, you know." But then when everyone came and everyone was coming pretty late and stuff, so we didn't really we we're supposed to start at nine. We didn't start till like 10, after ten. There was only like six people, so we ended up like pushing our the d- tables together, so we were in a big circle, and that actually made it a lot easier for me, because I only, I thought, okay, I'm only talking to, like, these, like, okay, there was, like, ten, ten people, so, like, just ten people, ten women, and, um, it'll be okay, you know, and so it was, and because, and I didn't structure anything, because honestly, I was, like, the, even though my friend sent me, oh, this is what we did last week, I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> you know, it's really like all these things that I didn't want to look into at the time. I just wanted to see, like, for myself. And so I was like, okay, none of them know what a zine is, really. So I'm just going to talk about and show them what a zine is. And um, yeah, and then it's cool because, like, one lady brought, like, her poetry and stuff. And then some people brought, and she brought other people's writing. And it was just like, I mean, it was just nice to see, because like, I think, like, when you think about, um, like, I guess, not just domestic helpers, but just anyone, really, like, that you just meet for the first time, and they're, we're at, like, a job, and we're doing our work, you know, and then when you learn that they do something else, like, they write, or, you know, they sing, I don't know, something like that, it's always, it's really, like, nice to just be like, oh, you do something else besides what you came here for originally and so it was really cool to hear her poetry and stuff and one woman was really she took amazing photography and stuff and apparently she was like a domestic help she came here like 18 years ago from the philippines and um because her cantonese was like perfect so i was confused i thought she was like half cantonese like like half hong kongese or something you know but she's like no i've been here for 18 years and to raise this little boy now he's off to canada and now i think she just lives here and she's like really active in her like street photography group and stuff and i was like that's really great to like hear these kind of like happy stories like positive stories you know because i think i feel like we've talked about this before about domestic helpers 
in Hong Kong. I think for um, if you're new to Hong Kong, it's always kind of strange that like so domestic workers are. I mean, they're a huge part of Hong Kong, yet they don't have any rights, which really sucks um, because people. It's basically they're kind of being exploited. I'd say. Um, because the labor is really cheap, but because they make more than they do in their home countries, they they just come here to work and stuff. But the government doesn't really support them, and um, so it's just nice to see like like and also you hear a lot of like how they you know a lot of injustice and stuff. So it's just cool like to see people who are kind of just normal and live their lives and you know just and the, and the way the system has it set up, it makes it really hard for them to um. To kind of like become part of the rest of society, like they work six days a week, they get one day off a week, so it's really hard for them to, you know, like like get you know start doing creative work or show yeah. that like yeah, exactly. like, like the Hong Kong art community. It's by locals, it's by expats who are not from Southeast Asia, yeah. and yeah, like you never really see photography or zines like. You know, you never see them. You never see the the Southeast Asians who work as domestic helpers being represented in yes. anything like that. And so, mm-hmm. when you told me like, "Oh, you're doing a zine workshop event," sort of for, so for some people who are interested in that, I'm like, "Wow!" So, is the plan pretty much for them to like make zines and then sell them at sell them in that bookstore? Um, I think for them, because because so. There were of the ladies in, at the group, so like it was kind of like half Indonesian, half Filipinas. They were, I realized, and that was a really amazing thing to me. So, not only, I mean, obviously, they're domestic workers, they have their, you know, six day a week job, oh, six, yeah, six day a week job. Um, they each were part of their own, like, community, like, activist community. So, they're, I mean, so yeah, the one lady, she did her street photography. This other lady, because I remember that people were saying, yeah, can I take pictures? Because I need to send it to my group. So they all had their own, like, the own thing they were part of. And that was really cool to me to be like, wow, you're you're so busy with your own lives. And yeah, A, you're making time to do this creative work right now. And then B, you're like, you're part of something bigger. You're like, you really, you're really part of something. You want to make a change. You want to make a difference, you know? And I was just, I was, I think the reason why I want to go back again, because I was just so inspired by them that I was like, I want to be surrounded by that energy right now. Um, and just because honestly, I'm like, well, I'd be doing, I'm just, I'm really just sitting in and like just talking sometimes and stuff and offering my like two cents. But other than that, I'm just, I feel like I'm just trying to learn from them too and everything. And um, yeah, it was just, yeah, I, I feel like um, people, it's, it, yeah, like they, it sounds so, what is it, I, I mean, I hate saying it like this, but it's kind of like, you you see them as, like, people, you know, and it's just like, it shouldn't be like that, where it's like, in any other situation, you don't think about these people, or something like that, I don't know, does that make sense? Well, yeah, because, like, we never... We, the, yeah, cause just the way that society works there is it's yeah. really hard to actually form a relationship or a friendship or a bond with yeah. people who work in that profession. So, yeah. so to actually like, you know, be in a, be, you know, kind of be in an intimate setting and actually talk about their thoughts and their creativity and their, you know, what they think and their point of view, it changes everything. Yeah. I mean, cause I have, I, I have, um, like a, 
domestic helper, I guess. She cleans my room once a week and stuff. And in the beginning, I really didn't want to get, like, hire somebody because I felt, it just felt weird to me. Like, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't, like, I don't know, just, I think it's not part of our culture to do that. But finally, everyone's like, you know, you should do it because I would always be like, man, my room's so messy. I don't have time to clean it. And they're like, you know, just this is this is Hong Kong life. You know, you should this is part of the experience. I was like, all right, whatever. So I um, yeah. And then um, there were some days where I was sick and then my helper would come and we would just like talk for like an hour. (laughs) And then it was just and it was it made me feel less bad because I you do. And then I'd realize like, you know, like all the. But I think in my situation, like, her case is better because she's kind of, like, a freelancer. So she picks up, like, she's always asking me, like, hey, can you, like, if you know anyone, you know, please, like, let me know. And she's always, like, saying that I've helped her, like, get a lot of clients and stuff, you know, even though at this point I'm like, I don't know any more people <laughs> so I can help you. <laughs> but um, it was just nice to hear that she had her own life. Like, you know, like, she, like... Every Sunday, she's part of her, like, volleyball team, and she's super into it. And then, so, I had referred her to my friends, and they talked to her, too, and they were saying, like... I mean, she goes back, I think, three times a year, um, back to the Philippines, and, like, she brings back, like, gifts for her kids, you know, and then just... Her kids are so happy, and just... And I was just, like, oh, it was just nice to hear that, like... Because I always think, like, man, they must... They, I mean, they obviously don't live well here, like, because according to a friend, like, she eats, like, McDonald's, like, every day, you know, because she can't afford anything else, and, but in the end, they save up so much that they could provide a better life for their family back home, and then when they retire, it's kind of like, that's it, you know? Yeah. They could just, like, live their lives, so it's just kind of, I mean, it's, it's hard, it's kind of, like, bittersweet, because it's, like, but it's just, like, you know, that's, that's life here, like, some people can't. You know, this is just how they how they live and stuff. And but I, for, what was shocking to me just was learning about just how much the government they don't get any support, not just from Hong Kong government, but from their own like government and stuff. Yeah, because it's it's so it's not even like under the radar type of situation. It's so obvious. It's like every Sunday because they get Sundays off, so it's every Sunday you just see like domestic workers all over the streets because they have nowhere to go and they're just hanging out and eating and whatever but it's just like they're everywhere because yeah they don't have they don't have a house so they have to hang out at you know because most of them live with their um employers so and the reporter's like okay it's your day off like get out or i'm sure they don't want to hang out with them for like another day because they'll probably have to work so um that's why i just think it's strange like it's such it's so obvious like they're here yet you don't do anything to help them, like the government. You know? I guess it, I guess it's kind of a shock for us too, because you know we come from a country where, um, you know, like migrant workers, they get a lot of rights here, like in the states, like they get they're allowed even if they're illegal, they get to have they get to sign up for driver's license. You know, yeah, you know, there was one thing that I was so shocked. So they were telling me there was one worker who, so she was from the Philippines, I think, and she was trying to apply to come here. And the thing is, like, first, because we're talking about names, like, the importance of a nickname. This is just a random conversation. 
and apparently she had to change her name like three times before she could come here. The first time, like, it was because her name they couldn't pronounce it or something, some stupid reason. But like, they can't the second time, <laughs> yes, yeah, so they're like, uh, we don't like it. So get out of here. But like, her, wait, her, the second, her, her employer said they don't like your name. No, no, no. The gov, like, to get a visa or whatever, just to come to the country in Hong Kong to work. The fuck. And so the second time, it was like, so they changed it where. So apparently, like, her grandfather or something was ethnically Chinese. So she actually had an ethnic Chinese name. And they rejected her because apparently, if you have, like, an ethnic Chinese name, it would give you more rights to buy, like, to actually live here, right? To actually be able to, like, buy a house or whatever. And so they rejected her because they were like, we don't want to give her a chance to even have that. Jesus. Yeah, because she has this Chinese na- last name. So they preferred her to not have one in order to even to be able to work here. And I was like, that's, I was like, dude, that's like so <laughs> fucked up. Like, to be like, we don't want you because you, you're, you're, fil- you're like Filipina, but you have a Chinese last name and that might give you, like, I guess. I don't know, boost or something and to actually you, have a life here and we don't want it to give you that chance. So I'm just like, whoa, that's just like, <laughs> that's like evil. I mean, I don't know, is it just me or I, I, I don't know, there's some hypocrisy to the way things are over there, you know, with all the protests that are happening and everything. Yeah. Definitely, everything's not black and white. No, and I just think that people don't, they don't really think about them. They just don't think about. They don't want to think about this, and they don't think about this. Yeah, and, and it's harder for them to like get better rights if the, the masses don't want to fight for them or fight with yeah. them. You know? Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, most people. Because also, if you grew up with this culture, like you grew up with, like everyone I know in Hong Kong has a helper. Like sometimes I wonder. I'm like, do they have a helper? But it's, it's like, like almost having obviously. a car. Yeah, it's like, it's an have help- they, actually, they have helpers, they don't have cars, some people have two helpers, you know, and it's just like, but it's so part of their lives, and they grow up with helpers and stuff, they don't really see it as, and I'm sure, obviously, the helpers are gonna be, like, telling them all these things, you know, so, so it's like, they don't think about it, and it's like, I don't think people want to think about it, because it's not a nice thing to think about, it, like, kind of, like how this is like how would you feel to employ somebody and then because I felt guilty too I was, I was like am I part of the problem you know but it's just like but then I talked to uh, I don't want to give out her name and stuff but like um help her say let me give her new a new name um call her Noel so I like talked to her and stuff and knowing that she has a life you know then I just feel like okay I do actually do feel like I'm helping her her too and stuff and like but yeah i don't know it's i feel like this whole situation it's so it's like so complicated and like there's so many things that well she she's definitely better off because she kind of works freelance so she doesn't have to stay with the family and i she cuts yeah you know live kind of like live under their rules live under their rules live under their rules she's like her own boss you know and she kind of because I know she has a full-time, like, a she har- so she basically helps, she has a main family she helps, and, but they only need her until, like, 2 p.m., so she, like, can do whatever she wants and stuff, and I think, like, but so there are several cases where they're, like, I'm, she's, like, I'm sorry, like, 
they really need me to like do something emergency and i'm like all right that's yeah it's fine you know because that happens but for them it's not like every week it's like once in a while i think so yeah so i think she's yeah one of like the ones who are luckier um yeah because i mean they're yeah it's just it's just like weird situation yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is uh, your zine. Your zine. That's that was my zine experience here. And okay, so I was asking my friends, like, so are zines? Is this, is it fair to say that zines? Okay, is it okay to say that zines are fairly unknown in Hong Kong? And then they said, not necessarily, because there are people like in California who don't know what zines are, which is very true. Oh yeah, a lot There's, of people. Yeah. So she was saying it's probably the same as compared to like anywhere where because so what happened was um a week before that i went to a bookstore in wan chai and my friend was like said oh we should check this out because they're having this zine exhibition and i go there and then i was really shocked because there were so many zines and the quality i guess like because I would assume if people don't really know what zines are, it might be mostly like DIY or something really kind of simple just to get to know it, you know? But these are like pretty much like half of them were, and they were really well done zines and stuff. So I was just surprised because before this, there were like no zines anywhere, <laughs> only like one or two, you know? So there's something there were like, like 50 zines, like different zines and stuff. So I didn't say anything at first. So I thought, oh, maybe it's just been around and I just didn't know. But yesterday or this this past sunday i took my friend there and we all went and she had the exact same feeling she's like and she's the one where she's been like she's i would say she's very big she's like really big in the zine community here like trying to like start it up you know so she was like was it just me but or like like we're suddenly there were just so many zines you know like what happened and stuff and we we're just talking about it and apparently we happened that's what happened <laughs> well, our zine wasn't there. That was a problem. <laughs> no, but we were, we just we realized we came to the conclusion that apparently so there was this one like printing press like printing group here, and um, so all the people went to them to get their zines printed, and they're all friends and artists and stuff. So suddenly, so I think they ca- started this like exhibition. Mm. So it makes sense because they're all related. But so in a way, all the zines were kind of similar because they were printed by the same people. I mean, I wouldn't say it was exactly the same because the design was different and stuff. But my friend was like, did you notice they were all very similar? I was like, yeah, I guess. But um, so then with that thing, I was just like, maybe, yeah, zines have been, we just don't know about it and stuff. And so, but my friend still, she was like, okay, we should still do some sort of exhibition because it's clearly, this is just one group of people. So we should combine our forces, you know, whatever. And I was like, yeah. Um, yeah, so... But so when pe- they were saying zines aren't unknown in Hong Kong, they're just but they are still new. That's fair to say. But yeah, it's like yeah, there's like I would say almost because if you get the population of Hong Kong, which is probably equal to is it equal to the population of California? You think? Mm, well, let's find out. All right. Okay. Hong Kong population. See, the Hong Kong population, according to Google, is about mm-hmm. 7.1 million, 0.188 million. Population of California 
<laughs> 38 million. Okay. So there's quite, I think there's a little bit more people here. On my <laughs> okay, so of the 38 million people in California, how many do you think know about zines? I would say like 25%. You think? Maybe even, I mean, do you think Probably. outside, uh, I mean, if you cut, imagine if you just cut out San Francisco and LA. That, oh shit, it'd be like 0%. Yeah. Because <laughs> didn't we, because we, I, just, I just assumed everyone knew what a zine was, just because, well, but. I grew up like in an art community, for, like my whole life, so I knew about it for a long time. And we were like, you know, in LA and stuff. But I remember we we shared our zine to a friend here, who was from San Diego, and I don't think she knew what a zine was. And I remember being really surprised because I just thought I assumed like, oh, if you're from like the states, you would know. But then I was like, oh no, she doesn't know. And then I, I think that's when I realized, oh, I'm sure a lot of people don't know what it is. Um, so. Then with well, because I'm just saying, like with that comparison, with seven million people here, it's not too far off that only a fraction of the population would know about it. It's almost like the same kind of right. Pretty much, yeah. Ratio. Yeah. So by that logic, I can't really say they're unknown in Hong Kong. Then, though, so I think the cultures, the zine cultures, are a little bit different because yeah, I think I think definitely here more there's a a larger amount of people who are like you know they they believe zines should be free and given away and you should find them in libraries or hidden on a bus or something you know Uh where i feel like in hong kong i think or i think someone told me like someone from there told me like over here like if it's for free it's kind of seen as having less value overall oh i didn't realize that it's funny because yes just yesterday our your old colleague um what 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 rhymes with Thomas? Um, Jarvis. Your old colleague Jarvis. Iron Man's, compu- like, Iron Man's computer. <laughs> your old colleague Jarvis. He was like, "Hey, did you know? Did you know Vince has a zine and he's like selling it?" I was like, "You mean our zine? I I was part of it too." He's like, "Oh yeah, that's what I meant." But you know, he makes a profit out of it now, and I was like. Yeah, like we share the profit, you know. But I just thought it was really interesting where he, the only thing about it was like he's like, oh, you know, he's making money off of it. Like I was super important and stuff, and I was just like, oh yeah, of course I know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 yeah, um, like for me, it's like, oh yeah, because I'm selling it at Amoeba now, Amoeba Records. Yeah. If you don't know people, it's like the coolest record store, the biggest record, yeah. one of the biggest record stores in LA. And anyways. So the way they're selling it is they're taking half the profits, yeah. and and so that he was actually saying, "Do you want to sell it for more?" Because I was saying I was selling it for, for four dollars at the Zine Fest. He's like, "Well, do you want to sell it for five or six? So I was like, "All right, let's go five. And he's like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't want to go higher than that." Because for me, the most important part is like just getting people to read it. That's how I feel too. Like because when I think about just like, oh, where could we sell it? I'm not thinking like how much money can we make. It's more just like who can read it. Because actually, so our friend was because. She was like, should we drop these zines off here? The problem is they take half the profit. And for me, I was like, it was a no-brainer. I was like, yeah, like, obviously, they're really big on distributing zines. Like, they're kind of, you know, they have zine on their, like, the store window front, you know? But she was a bit hesitant because she was like, they take half the profits, you know? And I was just like, no, it's fine because that's, I mean, we need to get more readership, 
So it's like, yeah, put it here, whatever. I, mean, I was reading an, but, I was reading an interview with the organizers of the LA Zine Fest, and they were pretty much saying like, yeah, we no no one gets paid for this. Um, every you know everyone everyone selling zines like even if they make money, I mean they're probably they're de- most definitely not you know make even they're not making an even their money back or anything. Like no, yeah, it's just sure. it's all for passion and just for you know wanting to create stuff and get things out there. And just yeah. and, and like collaborating and making friends and work, you know, with like-minded people. Yeah, like for me, I I mean, a prof, a small profit is important only because I feel like it, if I want to make a make it more complicated, because pr- I realize printing is so ex- fucking expensive. Even in Hong Kong, it's not as cheap as I thought, you know. And it's like you still want to, and because we're paying out of pocket, it helps to have something. Like anything, just a little bit, you know, to like boost us and stuff. But other than that, it's like I'm always, I'm always like I know that it's gonna be like my own money, like yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we give ourselves lots of time to make them. Yes, because because this is how it works. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah. So. so we actually never talked about the actual Zine Fest, right? No. Okay. So yeah. So LA Zine Fest happened about three weeks ago now. Um, I took our <laughs> issue, like like Zine number two there, and our old one, our first issue. Um, first, so when we went there. It was really cool. Um, the, I think I told you the funny story was the girl whose table was right next to me. I had I had already had her Zine, so I was like, oh shit, that's my Zine. Your mom came by. Um, she brought me pizza, which was amazing. Yeah, that was my idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I super kudos for that. I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I shared some with the people around me, so like, I instantly became liked in my area. <laughs> like, like became liked. <laughs> and this was my first time sitting behind a booth. I'd always wanted to be a booth guy, so it was really cool. And I learned some things that I should do for next time. Mm-hmm. Um. One thing was have more. So one thing was like, the girl next to me. She had like a had a thing of candy to attract people, oh. which was a really good idea. And she also had a sign describing what like her zines were about, which I think was really helpful because many people came up to me asking, "So like like uh, what's this about? What is this? What kind of zine is this?" <laughs> so I had, I had to like come up with um, just a repeated a repeated like logline about okay like like is a short story illustration zine um the theme for this issue is animals and the theme for this issue is angst and of course every time i say angst they're like for what anger angst angst oh angst okay and uh, i think at one point i just made i got because if you saw the pic so um you saw the picture but i pretty much got like fold out pieces of paper that said like like yeah right the table. i thought it was really cool yeah, people came up and told me, yeah, I like your sign. But I put one in the middle with a small description. It's like, like, like is a zine oh, based in L- L- Yeah, it's a short story mm-hmm. illustration zine based in Hong Kong and L.A. And the theme for our newest issue is animals. So that helped a lot, especially like when my brother came to visit and he took over for a bit and your mom took over. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, wait, no, I did not have the sign for when she was there. So okay. hopefully she, she probably... I don't know what yeah, she said. Like, <laughs> it's my she daughter's like, Zine. Buy it. <laughs> yeah. It's worth every penny. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Yeah, because 
Man, I I just wished I was there too. I was so I was just so like jealous because I was like, you're in a room full of all these. First of all, all these artists that I love, mm-hmm. so many people, and then. I was like, oh, it's, it's like our first kind of big launch, you know? And I was like, I wanted to be a part of it. But um, but you're going to be in the Long Beach Scene Fest, right? Maybe, I mean, I applied for it. Um, I have to see if we got accepted. Um, okay. That usually takes a while. So hopefully, I don't see why we wouldn't. Yeah. But um, anyways, it was interesting seeing, seeing what like what aspects of our book, of our zine that people liked. Like What? Such so first of all, so people said, I like the dog on the cover. Uh-huh. I like the font. I like. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine people just coming up and be like, "I like that." And then, I like. And then not buying anything. <laughs> and then, all right, fine. <laughs> which, which some people did. They did. They said, "Oh, I like this," but I'm not going to buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else? I want to hear all these great things about our zine. Um, they like the pa- they like they like the paper on both oh, cool. on both issues. Yeah, they, yes. they looked at the illustrations. They're like, "Oh, I like the illustrations a lot." Um, they like the cover for the first issue too, which I'm really glad that we had that because everyone else they were selling like more than one zine and we only had one. So I was like, all right, maybe I should bring of what we have left of like the first issue just to like you know make it a little bit more, more like you know not just one thing, a, a table full of blue. <laughs> and people ended up buying. Yeah, one guy came. He bought both issues. Oh, some pe- some people just bought the first one, bought the second. Mm-hmm. Um, people, I told people were excited to trade zines too, because yeah. which was helpful for me because I was there and I really wanted to buy stuff, but I could, of course, I couldn't leave. So mm-hmm. trading some and get was a good way for me to get, a, you know, get some other zines mm-hmm. for me. And yeah, people came up. I think one girl just who's who like her family was from Hong Kong. She came and we talked a little bit about we talked Hong Kong a little bit, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was also kind of cute because she was like super super awkward. <laughs> it's always you know it's always funny when i meet other awkward people like because i always fuck i'm the awkward one so it was pretty it was pretty cool seeing that and yeah it was a good time um i definitely want ah! yeah, i definitely want to do it again it for, for being there for like six hours it went by really fast and after the zine fest uh, they had some speakers um, talked for about an hour, which was not that fun. So mm-hmm. we went to get dinner, and then we came back, and um, this band called the Sex Stains were performing a punk band, and that was a really, really rad way to end the night. Yeah. Yeah. So people look them up, the Sex Stains. They are a really good LA band, and yeah. And speaking of which, I saw a lot of like band members from from like before when I used to go to gigs, at, like before I had, had moved to Hong Kong, and I saw a lot of people from. You know the smell and yeah, a lot of faces that I hadn't seen in a long time. So it was really good. Yeah. And my brother, I liked it too because it was his kind of first coming out to like this kind of environment, just moving back to the states from Israel. Yeah, I mean, I've actually never been to a zine fest, so yeah, I was just really like, ah, I want to go. Um, well, this was the fourth zine fest, so the first one would have happened a year before or the you know the year right before we both moved to hong kong yeah i think that's why i um yeah like i when i moved here and then i found out about it i was really bummed cuz i was like oh they just started this thing and i just left <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it makes sense that we i couldn't have attended um i was going to ask you cuz so I think two years ago, when we, for like like issue one, we did basically a small little launch at a 
uh, it was it was more like a craft fair in Hong Kong. Yeah, like a book. I think it's called like the Kowloon. Oh, it's called the Kowloon City Book Fair. Yeah. Um, would you liken the experience from LA to that or no? Oh, this was way better. <laughs> this okay. this yeah, blew I'm it out of the water. A, I did not have that much fun there, and I was like, because I first of all, being behind a booth is one of my biggest fears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was not, into, I, I just wanted to walk around and stuff. So why, why were you like, bored at the book fair though? I wasn't bored. I was scared. Oh, you were scared. You said it wasn't fun. So yeah, because I was scared. Uh, what were you scared of though? Because I was afraid people would ask me about stuff, and because uh, I think a lot of it was a language barrier. Like I was afraid I had to answer in Cantonese. Yeah. And I didn't know what to say. Yeah, the- and then. Yeah, there was no, there was no language. I mean, obviously, there's no language oh, barrier, no. so like, <laughs> so like, that, that was never a problem. Yeah, I think I would be a little less scared. <laughs> I'm, wa- no, no, I'm wondering who saw, like, who heard of our zine based on your Instagram post because, um, this, because uh, this, so this Asian kid came. I don't know if he was American or not because I didn't really hear him speak. But he came with, he was, he was, he was like a, a teen. And he came with his father, and he came. He rushed oh. to our booth. He's like looking at it, like flipping through the pictures. He looked really excited, and then he tugged at his dad and is like, "Yeah, like can we get this?" And his dad's like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> and so he <gasps> he bought it, and, and like he, so so, and it, it felt like he came, and it, it didn't seem like he randomly came to our. It felt it felt like like he was aiming for our booth. Oh my god, that's so sweet. That like warms my heart so much. I want to cry. <laughs> Whoever you are. Teen boy, thank you so much. Yeah, so, I hope you listen to our podcast. <laughs> so yeah, and, and, and like he wasn't—I know it's our first sale of the day because um, there was Why God Why zines, and he he, he uh-huh. straight up told me like, "Oh yeah, I heard of you guys from the Z, from the your Instagram post." So I wonder That's if right. this kid, or you know, he also might have seen us from the Zine Library too, because when you when, so when you first entered the Zine Fest, you could give them your zines, like whatever you're selling, and they'll oh and they'll, they'll add it to their they'll add it to their permanent library that travels around. But they'll also like it'll also be like for people coming into the Zine Fest, they'll see what people are what people are selling, and on the Zine they stick like what table you are. So maybe That's maybe so cute. Yeah, so maybe he saw our I'm Zine so and he saw like the Chinese story in there, or he saw that it was from Hong Kong. Oh my gosh, maybe. Oh my gosh. That's the sweetest thing ever. We must find him. <laughs> must find him. Or, I, he might, I mean, Thank him. You know, we still have that mail. And then, yeah, and then your mom who had a genius idea. What, she stole it from the girl next to us where she we made a mailing list. So we do have a mailing list. They might have signed it. Um, we have that list lying around that... <laughs> We should send people something. Yeah, we should send them something. The, the new, we should send people the zine that I made. Um, yeah, and then thank them. And especially thank the young boy who read a turn booth. That's so cute. That's just like, that makes me really happy. Like that. Because, you know, the thing about zines, like I've been wanting to do it forever, like since I was a kid. And as a kid, I remember my biggest fear actually that stopped me from making a zine was. Um, going to Office Depot to make copies. I thought that's what you're supposed <laughs> to do. And also going up to, to, dist- to stores to ask if you could sell your zine there or drop them off because I had a, I couldn't. I had a huge fear of like talking to strangers. But I was a kid, so it was yeah. okay. Um, so that was actually the reason why I was like, I can never make zines because I need to be social. <laughs> um, and then... Yeah, and after college and taking this, I guess, is basically zine class, zine making class, and um, 
being confident with my writing and everything. Like, it's weird, like, because I've always wanted to be a writer, and I felt like the only way for me to get my work read was to make my own zine, to self-publish, because the process to be a professional writer is so... To me, it's like, you have to find a publisher, you have to find people who... Like, there's so many critics out there, you know, to... Like, how can you even... Like, that process itself just sounds so... There's feels like there's so many walls. But when you self-publish, you know, you could do whatever you want. But with that idea, I never think about who's reading. I'm just like, I just want to get my thoughts out there. And, yeah, and just to see somebody to be, like, obviously really... Maybe he read our stories or whatever, but just really be really into it. That just... It's just so heartwarming, and it's like, yeah, I want to keep doing this because people do enjoy these things and stuff, and yeah. Speaking of children, though, I, I did feel bad at one point because this other kid came up, and he's like, and he's here with his father, too, and... Um, his dad's like, don't read no, this. No, well, he came up, and it's like, oh. I think he was, at, the kid was asking everyone to say this. It's uh, like, um, are your zines appropriate for children? <laughs> for children? And I'm like... Sorry, kid. No. Is it not? Uh, well, okay. Our first issue has Crystal's story, which is you know about her having sex with a Tibetan monk against a wall. Oh right. And a pretty, it's pretty graphic. I mean, it's definitely not a, it's definitely not a. It's not graphic, I mean, but it's not for. But children. It's definitely not a PG story, you know. It's more like PG thirteen. Yeah. And you know, our second story. I have. I know. I have a couple f bombs in my story. And I'm pretty. I think he was he a young was he a child? Oh, this kid, yeah, he was like at least like eight. Oh, man. <laughs> so. Okay, yeah, if he was like thir- twelve, I'd be like, yeah, yeah you're ready you, for yeah, this. Yeah, you can read. It's no big deal. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well. Okay. And then, yeah, especially like Zine, our spinoff one. I'm kind of, I, I'm kind of writing that Zine to, to be a little bit more adult oriented i think yeah, the, two sto- the, f- the two stories i wrote for that one it, I, I i like purposely added like, a lot more cursing in it just because i kind of want to be i guess i guess i wanted to I, I guess i wanted to be more a little um a little bit more vulgar it's just that's another interesting thing too like i never thought about that like um but then my audience is never I never think well I never think about kids so yeah. <laughs> I don't write towards them. It would be, I guess it would be interesting to do like a child friendly issue once or something. Yeah, but a lot of zines are not. I mean, there's that one zine I have which is like what is it called? Those fucking unicorns where it's just a zine full of unicorns <laughs> having, se- having sex, unicorns yeah. having sex in pornographic yeah. positions, which is an awesome yeah, zine. But yeah, it's definitely yeah most zines aren't yeah, and I feel like. Um, because I'm sure there are children, child friendly, maybe written by children or something. Yeah. Oh, you know what's a great child friendly zine? What? Your dinosaur book. Oh yeah. <laughs> you should print those. <laughs> you should print those, and then and then if a child is like, "Are your Mister, is your zine friendly for children?" You're just like, "No, these aren't." But this one is. This is about <laughs> dinosaurs. They would. That would be awesome to have. Oh my god, dude! You should sell it. You should. You should have your dinosaur zine. I mean, he would probably look at it and be like, "Okay, this is a project that you made in fourth grade. It's fucking obvious." Like, the- you're like, it was no. You're like, no. 
it was the first Xena ever yeah. made. I was your age. All right. And the kid will be like, wow, I'm so inspired. I can't believe I didn't show it to you when you were here. Like we had, yeah, I, we had recorded that podcast, and I just completely, for, I completely forgot to bring it. I forgot to, even though I found a box of my old stuff, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna show it to Vince, and I didn't show it to you either. <laughs> <laughs> even I was in your room, like <laughs> yeah, totally and you literally were like walking around, pointing at things, telling me the story behind everything. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I had this old box of stuff, and I just forgot. Um, no, that no, that's something to consider to like uh, have a like a bonus like child-friendly stash but it's like your dinosaur zine because it was like okay yeah it was a project but we talked about this is like your first zine i mean it was yeah like it was like i you know i didn't it was my first kind of stuff i guess it was one of my first like creative projects that i just did on my own it wasn't supposed to be it wasn't supposed to be it was was supposed to be like a stupid essay on a piece of paper you know like a story yeah it was so fucking rad like the because you sent me scans of the cover, or just, I don't think you sent me scans of everything, but you scan, sent me a scan of the cover, and it was the most amazing cover ever. Oh, I want to show you the rest. I know, you <laughs> should, okay, you should make a, you don't, you, this is like your child-friendly, like, stash, where it's just these dinosaur stories. <laughs> and it's, yeah, because it's just like, I mean, it's just cool. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, I'll come up with something. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, maybe a future like like could just be a a, a child friendly zine, or at least, not a child. I mean, we won't call it a children's zine, but it'll be like <laughs> for children's eyes only. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, the theme could be like, well, the theme's childhood. It could be, it could be like um, children's stories or something. Like we can. Have you ever heard of the Aesop fable stuff? No. So it's just, I can't pronounce it, it's a Greek guy, but he made these fables, so it's like basically really short stories for kids, they were all basically lessons, so every parent gave it to their kids, it's like, yeah, don't do this, because blah, blah, but all the characters were usually animals, they weren't, it's funny, because they're not like innocent, because it's supposed to teach kids like, like, don't be greedy or some shit like that, you know, and so it's these animals getting into bad situations usually, (laughs) so it's actually not cute like when i read them i didn't i wasn't left with like a positive feeling it was more like oh that was kind of weird but i was a kid you know yeah. like so i feel like um but so it, even if it's a, a children's story is like it's aimed for kids it doesn't have to be like sunshine and rainbows it, i mean your your book your nine-year-old self you know like what's his face junior got you know his blood on his glasses <laughs> <laughs> and i mean i mean there's plenty of i mean if you look at movies like the Sandlot, that's a, that's a story, that's a kid's movie, but it's really well written, it's really funny, and it's yeah. not lame, you know? And, and you know, there's Stand By Me, uh, more recently Super 8, you mean... There was even, I saw, did I tell you about how I watched, um, what's that, Big Hero 6? Oh, no. And I really liked it. At first I thought I was going to hate it, because it seemed really like, people just, oh, people just want to do Japanese stuff, you know, like, but it was actually, um, story, it was quite dark for, cause I was, at one point, cause but I was like, what is it about though? I mean, I have no, so the, the overall theme is basically death. That's the overall theme. And, um, I don't want to give any spoilers, but, um, so it's, it's set in the future. It's actually, it's funny. It's supposed to be set in the current time, but it's, you know, the near future where, 
I'm assuming cit- cities have grown so big that they're merging. So it's like, so San so San Francisco is called San Fran Tokyo or something like that. So it's like a merge mixture of. It's basically over like it's like Japan, the Japan town there just kind of like exploded. So it's like everyone's kind of a hybrid, you know. Uh, um, I, I, I read someone's in the beginning. Well, someone said like this, like someone said had a fan theory that I read, even though I, I didn't like read about the movie. They say their fan theory is like. It, it takes place in a universe where Japan won World War Two. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but initially when I saw that, I was like, kind of like, ah, oh, they just want to do some like, it's like weeaboo stuff, you know. <laughs> but um, after I got over that, like I realized the story. It was like the whole point that that robot guy was created was to help people like like he's like a medic he's like an emt like a medical technician basically but it was like and the whole movie was about dealing with loss and i feel like for kids i mean the thing is it's like even for me as an adult i was like whoa this is like hitting some spots you know and i just it made me realize like a kid's movie and stuff we can't assume that children aren't complex you know like we Obviously, we were all kids at one point, and we've, you know, had complicated thoughts and things. I, I guess what makes something children child friendly is mostly just, like, I guess curse words and sex. That's about it. But other than that, like, it's almost like free range, free range. You know, like, you can really talk about anything. Maybe not like just murder. Or something. <laughs> well, you could even like, do you could even you could go. You could do. I mean, that happens. It's like. Like Batman, you know, like it's just like these things. It's just, I yeah, I feel like just keep the f bombs out and then not have. It's not like graph sexually like graphic or whatever. But other than that, it's just you could talk about anything. Yeah, really. That, that's yeah. definitely yeah. I mean, now I want to do a kid zine. <laughs> yeah, we should maybe we we'll always talk. Oh, no, we're decided movies yeah. for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, maybe I already have. Friends. I already have friends like starting work for the movie one. So I can't be like, yeah, you know yeah, what, guys? Yeah. Actually, we're not doing that. So, <laughs> Jk, yeah. Jk. Yeah. Um, I have to get ready for. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, oh yeah. It's been an hour and ten minutes. If we, this is a bit. I think because we haven't talked in a while, this is a pretty like. Oh, Alrighty. So uh, this has been yeah. episode twenty. Three twenty-four. Four, episode 24. twenty-four. And yeah, um, if you like this podcast, you know, take, you know, go outside, go to the bathroom, in public somewhere, and start making a zine. And that's all I got to say about yes. that. And follow us on Instagram. <laughs> wait, <laughs> we need more. Wait, followers. mutually awkward or our zine, like like zine? No, our zine. We don't have it. Mutual awkward does not have it. No, Instagram. we do not. Yeah. So, um. So it's like like zine, l i k e l i k e z i n e like like zine, on Instagram, and it's the rare place where you, if if you made it this far into the podcast episode twenty four, we have our pictures on there. I'm actually on Instagram. You could probably find me. I mean, I think our easily. I think our, our I think our accounts are in the description for the Instagram, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I try to keep my identity. A mystery on this You're podcast. Doing it for the zine. Doing but, it for the zine. Hey, 
We're doing it for the zine, and if you made it this far at episode 24, unless I guess you just started <laughs> listening to us, whatever, you know, you have been rewarded with our yeah. real identities. <laughs> <laughs> um, because we need followers on Instagram. Yeah. Please follow and us. If you want to, and you know, if we're doing following shit out there, anyways, you could, I mean, my Instagram and Twitter are the same. It's less than Vince. And, you know, you could see me, you could hear me, you know, post my random thoughts sometimes you know tweets of self-pity usually yeah my twitter i have a twitter too but you yeah, guys if you find it on your own you've earned the right like it. <laughs> Good. yeah um but my twitter is fucking it's just i hate it <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of I, so don't follow i think twitter's are more of like vince to like yeah, I realize like Twitter is where I go when I have no one to talk to, but I want someone to hear my complaint. So that's why I'm like, don't follow me on Twitter. It's just me whining about yeah, stuff. Actually, like, yeah, every you, yeah, you know, if you follow us on Twitter, you kind of actually you'll actually get a preview of the next podcast. You know, <laughs> you'll hear us complain, <laughs> and then you'll hear the whole story in the next episode. <laughs> actually, ninety yeah, percent of the time, that's how. Yeah, that's how we get our subjects. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but follow us on Instagram. Yeah, and like, no, I mean, we still have the, and the podcast too, mutuallyawkward.tumblr.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's been the episode, episode 24. Um, next episode, we turn, we're, we're like, a quarter, we're going to hit our quarter life crisis, 25. Hell yeah. Crazy. Oh yeah. Gosh. All right, so. Nuts.